Um, and I want to talk to you about the whole process of living a life of encounter. Uh, because the more individuals uh, experience a life of encounter, the greater the corporate breakthrough in a city and in a nation and in the world. And the tragedy over years and years and decades that I've seen, and I've been preaching now what, for 52 years, and I've seen so many times this happen where, where the, the greater promise, the greater potential, the greater dream seems to fall short. And the reason for it is because the hunger for encounter that birthed the whole thing. That, that, that Pastor Jürgen Leanne had when the thing was birthed um, generationally gets less. Uh, and so people love the fruit of success and they, they revel in the fruit of success and they enjoy the fruit of success but get less and less in their hunger for the encounter that birthed that success. And so I, I believe I'm here, basically here tonight to, to offer you a supernatural opportunity if you're willing to hunger for encounter. Um, because friends, we are all called to be a supernatural people. Living a supernatural uh, life, representing a supernatural Christ. And uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about supernatural breakthrough being the fruit of encounter. Now, this word encounter in the dictionary um, just simply says this, to come upon or meet with especially unexpectedly or suddenly. And so the, the encounter that I'm speaking to you about tonight is actually the gate crash of God. The, the, uh, and I love that thought, the gate crash of God. is that sudden invasion uh, of his kingdom realm of the spirit into our world of the natural. It's that moment when he parts the veil and suddenly your heart is possessed and embraced by his heart. And there is nothing between you and him. And I believe that God wants to break into our momentum with a gate crash intervention. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the momentum of life. And that certainly is so. But sometimes even in the ministry, sometimes even doing the godly stuff that God's actually called us to do, we can, uh, we can develop momentum. Now, we need momentum because nothing ever happens unless you have momentum. You've got to have momentum. But the, the vulnerability of momentum is that we can be so in stride that we lose the art of listening. And so God will, in those moments, knowing the trueness of your heart, will then gate crash your world. What is an encounter? An encounter is where you experience powerfully the Spirit of the Lord. Now, that might be a direct voice of God to you. It might be something out of the Word that gets quickened to you. It might be a supernatural endowment for a specific task. But either way, it is an encounter with the Holy Spirit that reveals Father's heart to you and is a life-changing intervention. If it doesn't change your life, you haven't had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I can't see anybody telling me, oh, I had this incredible encounter with the Holy Ghost, but nothing changed. That's not true. If you have a Holy Ghost encounter, something changes. And do you know that we're called, people, to be a, a men and women of revelation? 
We're not called to live life out of information. We're called to live life out of revelation. And that's what makes us a supernatural people. But you can't have revelation without encounter. Only in the place of encounter do you find revelation. And secondly, when you do get something revealed to you that God commissions you to do, you'll never ever end up doing it without supernatural empowerment to do it. And that comes out of encounter as well. And so the place of the encounter, which I, I want to uh, share with you in a moment, the place of encounter fundamentally, this is the most important thing I'll say all night, fundamentally changes who you are. And therefore, what you are capable of. If you have a, an encounter with the Holy Ghost, an encounter with your Father's heart, I'll guarantee you that you are changed and your capacity is changed. And so... You know what we're all called to? This is all just prelim. <laughs> uh, what, what we're called to be is a transformer. Yeah. And, and so that you understand what I'm saying about that is um, in the olden days and still in some places in Australia, uh, um, the power lines. Do you know what I mean by that? Big pylons with these power lines going down. They say between 400,000 and 750,000 volts runs one down one of those lines. Uh, and then it, they, that is connected to something they call a transformer, big steel box, you know, in your neighborhood. And it's got a sign on the front. You plug your toaster into this, you'll land on Mars. Um, and it's, And somehow this thing called a transformer can take all those hundreds of thousands of volts and dispense it into homes that need only 240 volts to, to operate. And God spoke to me one day and he says, that's what we're called to be. We're called to be transformers. We're called to be those that are able to receive the un, unbridled power of God and then for it not to consume us, but for us to be able to contain it and then share it for the needs of mankind. And so if you have an encounter, you get qualified to be a transformer. Um, now, I want to go, having said that, I want to go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. And we have here God giving Joshua his life commission. Very powerful. Listen to this. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Well, he knew that already. <laughs> Don't you think he was aware of that? <laughs> so why did God say it? Because there's always something inside of us that wants to hang on to yesterday. He's dead. That's one era has finished, a new era begins. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Listen to this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. You could not, that was nothing vague about that. 
that is so specific, so empowering. Every place you put your foot upon, I have given to you. And that one, that empowered encounter and commission was uh, empowered Joshua to cross the Jordan, take the people of God, put their feet on the promised land. And if you read later on about Joshua's life, that original life commission empowered his desires uh, for the rest of his life. Very, very powerful. Why have I emphasized that? Well, because, my friends, it wasn't enough. Because, you see, it was enough. It was enough for the daily routine. It was enough for all the leadership struggles and the leadership decisions that he had to make. It was enough for the month-to-month momentum. It was enough for all of that. And it could even take him across Jordan. But not Jericho. When Jericho was there, unmovable, unconquerable, never once been defeated in hundreds of years, Jericho stood there. And you see, Jericho wasn't just another city. Jericho was a gateway city. And if you took Jericho, you took all. Everything just was going to crumble. But if you didn't take Jericho, you couldn't have any of it. And so it was a gateway city. Now, here's what I want to say is that all of us at various times in our lives, we're fulfilling our will, the will of God, we're we're pursuing the Lord, but suddenly there's a Goliath, there's a Jericho standing immovable in front of you. And you think, dear God, this is a biggie. How are we going to do this? My friends, when you get to a moment like that, when Joshua got to this moment, he could have easily have given in to the thinking Oh, I've got my life commission. I know what I'm called to do. I've already walked through the Red Sea, uh, the River Jordan. Uh, I'm anointed. I'm empowered. I know my leadership. I, I, I'm a warrior. Um, I've got the... Com- uh, he could have said all of that, and besides which I am called, God Almighty called me to do this. But it wouldn't have been enough. There had to be a fresh encounter for Jericho because Jericho was a gateway city and God is raising up this church to confront gateway cities. And what I, what I saw when I was in prayer for you, I saw you identifying these gateway cities And there was a principality and a power ruling in these gateway cities that affected the the towns and the regions all around them. And the more dependent those towns and regions were on that city in the natural for commerce or whatever, the more power that principality had over them. And I, and I saw God showing you what these gateway cities were. And so that when you bring down the principality and power in that gateway city, you suddenly break the spiritual bondage that's over the whole region and the towns within that region. But my friends, you'll never do that without fresh encounter. And so it was that God knew this. And in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, moving through to chapter 6, you'll find that God, not an angel, not an angel, God himself, 
Jesus comes and manifests himself to Joshua and says, you're on holy ground now, man. And so and suddenly Joshua is overcome. He realizes this isn't uh, a general. This isn't an angel. This is God Almighty. And so he has this incredible encounter with God himself. And the fruit of that is that they, they have this miracle that the world still talks about. And if I had another hour, I'd tell you just how much of a miracle that really was. I'm tempted to get diverted. No, I won't. <laughs> but I'm telling you, sometime in the future, if they ever let me back, I'll tell you best how big a miracle it was. Because, friends, archaeologists have found out some stuff in the last few years that confirm that what actually happened that day was not humanly possible. It's a fantastic... And so the reputation of Joshua... Because he could take down the gateway city, the reputation of Joshua went through all the land. My friends, when you take down the principality and the power in a gateway city, the all reputation in the world of the spirit travels right across the region. And, and demons will give up their hold for no other reason than they know you've first taken down the principality. So, I am so stirred within myself that, that God is putting the conquest, <clears throat> excuse me a little bit with this, that God is putting the conquest of cities and nations on your heart. And, but the level of your encounter is going to determine the level of your breakthrough. And you think of the disciples. The disciples have been with Jesus three and a half years. Man alive, look at some of the things those disciples did and experienced. You know, and they had performed miracles as well. But suddenly the disciples' call was changing. Now they weren't just to walk the shores of Galilee and do the odd miracle. Now, now they're about to be commissioned to bring down cities and nations and to blaze the gospel globally around the world. And something had a change. They needed a new encounter. And that's where you get Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 when it says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they received supernatural empowerment and it changed them forever. Friends, listen to me. Those disciples that were in the upper room, were, were, were look at who they were. They were huddled together, uncertain about their future. Oh, God, what's going to happen to us now? Praying out of desperation. And then suddenly the Holy Ghost comes, and there's an encounter. And in that one moment of encounter, that bewildered group of fishermen and tax collectors are turned into world changers who work, they walked out of that room and they could speak in languages from nations they'd never been to. They could perform supernatural acts of power that couldn't, utterly impossible to mankind. And how long did it take them to go through that retraining process? One moment. It took one encounter to change them forever. Why? Because, friends, I said it before, an encounter 
will fundamentally change who you are and therefore what you are capable of. Think about Thomas. <laughs> Thomas was a bit late. One day, Jesus, after the cross, Jesus turned up in the upper room, not the Pentecost one, the one before that. And it's a wild time, but Thomas is late. It's not a good thing to be late. And he, he, he misses it. So he walks into the room. Can you just imagine this? He walks into the room and, and, and Peter comes up to him and says, um, or whoever it was, and say, Jesus was just here a few minutes ago, standing in the midst. Now, you'd think the man's response would be, wow. No, his response is rubbish. <laughs> what a lot of nonsense. <laughs> you don't expect me to believe that sort of nonsense, do you? And then so John, James, all the others all gathered around. All these disciples all gathered around and said, no, 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 fit income. He's actually seen him. Jesus was actually here in the midst. And you've got a chorus of all these apostles saying, yes, he was here. And what do you think Thomas still says? Nonsense. Rubbish, look, I am not going to believe that sort of stuff. It's not possible. Jesus would have to materialize right in front of me and show me his hands. It was just too big an invitation. Jesus could not resist it. So... Yeah, donk, here he is, right there in front of him. And I love the fact that he never used a door. <laughs> just, just materialized. And, and Thomas falls to his knees. Oh, my God, my God, my God. My point to you is this, that doubting Thomas, I will not believe Thomas, who, if you take a look at it, was like that all of his life. He was always the one that's going to say, what? Nah, nah, nah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and so he had a lifetime of being the doubter on the planet. And then he has one encounter and he becomes this apostle of power and strength and miraculous. He blazes the gospel across Asia and across India, and he does it with such supernatural power that tens of thousands came to Christ. And I'm going to ask you, how long did it take to change a lifestyle of believing in Thomas? Just one encounter changed him forever. And then there's Moses in Exodus chapter 3. A lot of people kind of read the Bible and they merge it all together. And, you know, as if it was some sort of 40-minute movie. The man had been in the desert for 40 years. Some of you have never lived that long. 40 years. And what's the man's life? Sheep and dust. Dust and sheep. Sheep, more sheep. Dust, more dust. Sheep, dust, dust, sheep. And the odd occasional human being, but most of the time it was dust and sheep. Sheep and dust, dust and sheep. And when you've lived like that for 40 years, guess what? It's who you are now. 
That was his entire identification. That's who he was. He was a dust and sheep shepherd. And suddenly there's a burning bush. And the Bible says, oh, I love this. He turned aside and he said, I must look at this. And the Bible is very clear in Exodus 3. It says, when. Everybody say the word when. when. It says, when. When. When God saw that he turned aside, then he spoke to him. And my friends, are you willing to turn aside? Are you willing to break momentum and turn aside? Because if you're willing to break momentum and turn aside, Father will talk to you. And here, here, is this, here is this sheep and dust, dust and sheep shepherd. And suddenly he has an encounter and he becomes this Pharaoh confronting leader of a nation overnight. Overnight. Totally, radically changed. Why? Excuse me. Why? Because I said it before, because Holy Ghost encounter, an encounter with your Father will change you fundamentally. Fundamentally, you will be changed and therefore what you are capable of. I know I've given this testimony before, but 22 years ago, the doctors told me I was cooked. All my major arteries and most of my subsidiaries were multiply blocked. They couldn't do anything for me. They couldn't do any bypass because they figured there wasn't enough to bypass from or to. They said, there's just too many blockages. So, so take what's left of your miserably short little life and go sit in a corner. Don't lift anything. Don't go this. Don't do that. No, don't, don't ever get excited. And, 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 and just, just your fragile little life will be sitting there waiting to die. And so what do you think that does to you? I go home and I say, my father... What about all the prophecies? What about all the promises, Father? What about all the things you've told me I've got to do? And I said, Father, I know you know everything, but can I just enlighten you for a moment? I don't think I can do all of that from the inside of a pine box. And so I was pretty desperate. I was hungry. And do you know what happened? My father turned up and his presence filled that room and it was, it was almost tangible. And he said, listen, listen, turn to this reference. I didn't even know what the reference was. And I just grabbed my Bible and I, I looked up the chapter and the verse that he whispered in my ear. And this is what I read. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he tore apart the lion to pieces. Talking about Samson. And in that moment, I knew my father had just spoken to me. And I, I, all I can tell you is that all fear left, all anxiety left, completely evaporated. And, and I walked out of that room and I said to Margaret, my wife, 
honey, this thing cannot kill me. Until my father says different, I am indestructible. And so uh, we went, that, I'm t- friends, since that day, since that day, I've been to nations after nation after nation, some of the hardest places on earth, the most unbelievable places in India and Africa and all sorts of stuff. And fr- friends, you know, there's, a, there's another point to it. And, and that is this, that, 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 and I know if I tell you, you think I'm exaggerating, but it, it's just, it just happens to be the truth. God turned me into a bit of a freak because that day, 22 years ago, he, he took all fear and all anxiety out of my system. And now I can't get it back. I, 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 I just can't get, I literally can't get anxious. I, 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 I've almost felt guilty on a couple of occasions because everybody around me was feeling so anxious. And I, I said, I, I don't feel it. Don't you feel a little bit anxious? I, no, I can't. I, I, I just can't. And I've been in, I, I, I've been in hospital about 20 times since then. Um, you say, well, that's not a great testimony. Oh, brilliant testimony. I mean, you want to see the people I've touched. And besides, what's so bad about that anyhow? I remember waking up in the hospital one time and the doctor said, why are you smiling? Don't you know the seriousness of this situation? I said, well, I'm sorry I, that it's such a concern to you, but I, I, I said... The, the fact of the matter is, I, I'm lying in a bed, relaxing. I've got no work to do. And, and, and people are bringing me all the food I want and clucking over me with all this love and concern. I said, this is like a holiday. I, I woke up once. I woke up once. I'd, I'd done my thing and I kind of disappeared. And I woke up in the hospital once and, and they didn't realise I'd woke up and they were talking to my son, Steve. And, the, and the, this is, then some of these guys, yeah, I don't know. Um, and, 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 you know, these are the words that I heard, him speaking to my son. He says, do you have any idea how hard it is to kill this man? <laughs> and and my, my son didn't bat an eyelid. He just turned to him and said, it's impossible. <laughs> so, but my, my friends, listen to me. It wasn't because I studied 14 books on how to overcome. It, it, was, it was an encounter. It was an encounter. I had my burning bush moment. And in my burning bush moment, my father spoke to me. And his word is indestructible. His word will create. His word will change you forever. And your word will change what you're capable of forever. Halfway through last year, sorry for those who have heard this before, but halfway through last year, I had one appointment for all of this year. And I thought, mm, 
Um, I guess that's a change of season. I am 71 years old, and I guess, Father, now you just want me to be a dad to all, because I've got a lot of young ministries and stuff that I'm a father figure to. And I said, that's cool. I'll do that. And then I just about got changed about that and just about adjusted to it when this guy from Chicago got hold of me and, and gave me this outlandish prophecy. And I should have had a wonderful response, but I really was something like, look, get off the blooming marijuana, will you? Um, you know, it was like... Um, I mean, well, what he said was a real mouthful, you know. And then about three weeks later, a prophet in Australia, Gary Morgan, who I'd never met before, we met for the very first time. He sits down in the coffee lounge across the table for me and repeats the jolly prophecy to me, like, like almost word for word. And I thought, hmm. So I, 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 I took it to my board. Because <laughs> you can always depend on the board to, to, to balance things up, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so I told my board, but, but, but they just confirmed it. You see, what, if the word had been, just relax and be a daddy now, I'd have said, cool, cool. Or if they'd said, no, no, God's going to give you further opportunities to minister, that's fine. I'll cool with that. But that wasn't what he said. He said, from now on, you're going to speak into the hearts of apostolic leaders of global movements around the world. And I thought, well, blimey. Uh, um, I, and so I, what does that do to you? I know what it did to me. I got down on my knees and I said, Father, because I don't feel anywhere equipped for that. I thought I was winding down. I thought I was getting ready for the... Oh, all I can say is that I had a time of encounter. Over three days, my father just spoke to me and showed me stuff and communed with me. And friends, in the last few months, I've spoken to more apostolic environments than I have in 10 years. And it, it just, but the, the change, the difference is that now it's effortless. A few months ago, uh, there were 70, 72, 73 apostles gathered together that were overseeing 26,000 churches. And they asked me to fly over and, and, and minister to them for three days. That means it's crazy, crazy stuff. And now the apostolic requests for us to come and help have come from South Africa, from England, from the Netherlands, from America, from New Zealand, and across Australia. And I've done absolutely nothing to make that happen. It's the fruit of encounter. And friends, listen to me. Don't, don't sit back and envy those who have the fruit of encounter in their lives. You have a burning bush. You have a burning bush. But will you turn aside? Will you break momentum? Will you decide that it's important enough and critical enough that I have to mess with the agenda? I have to mess with my world. I have to mess with my plans because right now nothing means more to me than me having a fresh encounter with my father. It's a matter of how hungry you are. And so I'm wondering in this place tonight, 
Oh, don't be, don't do the Pentecostal hootenanny polite thing with me and stand because I give you the opportunity to. Don't do that. But if you are hungry, if inside of you, you say, well, I don't know what all this means, but I, I, I want it. I want a fresh encounter. I want a fresh burning bush at this stage of my life or ministry or calling or whatever it is. My God, I want to have my burning bush. If that's you and you're unconditionally surrendered, you see, you can't find your burning bush if you've got an agenda. My God wants to take you out of the limitations of your previous agenda and take you into the limitlessness of his agenda. But if you're unconditional and you're hungry, why don't you stand right now? Raise our hearts and our hands. Father, Father, in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our King, we take our hearts to you in unconditional surrender. And Father, in the authority of his name, I cancel every past disappointment, every past disillusionment, every past negativity or hurt or restriction or disappointment. Father, we cancel all of that. Lord, this is a new hour, a new day. And Father, I pray that every person in this place tonight, Lord, Father, will have over these next few days and weeks the most incredible, indescribable encounter with you. Father, help us to be unconditional. Help us, Lord, not to have an agenda. Help us, Lord, just to be abandoned in our hunger. Father, I thank you for each one. I thank you for what you called this church to do. I thank you, Lord, for Pastors Jürgen and Leanne and the other pastors here in the team. Father, may they always walk with such fearlessness of spirit. And Father, my God, with the authority and dominion of the kingdom upon them. Father, I thank you, Lord, for them. And now, Lord, I just commit each one of these people to you tonight, knowing, Father, knowing, knowing how indescribably you love them, how, how unconditionally you accept them. They are your sons. They are your daughters. Meet with them, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before I turn over the, to your pastor, um, I'd love to be able to empower you on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis. And uh, we have, I don't know whether you've got a slide there or not, but um, I, 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 Twitter and Facebook and all these things, I only got one, but they multiply into all the others. But I never talk about my coffee, never talk about um, the latest apple pie. Um, the only thing I will put in there is that which I know will empower you. So on a daily basis, I believe God to say something that will challenge you, stir you, encourage you, inspire you. And so I invite you to follow along there. This is free. There's nothing I'm trying to sell you. But I believe that God has put it in my heart to help see an army raised up who, who happen to know their God. And because they know their God, they can do exploits. God bless you. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 